Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Welcome to Webcology. It is Thursday, May the 1st, May Day. This is Jim Hedger from MetaMen.com and Dave Davies from Beanstalk-Inc. And we have a delightful and interesting show for you today. Actually, it's a highly personal show on reputation management and disaster management. Um, I'd like to report that I'm doing the show from the MetaMen boardroom, but that simply isn't possible right now. We'll get into that later. Dave, how you doing, bro? I'm uh, a little less chaotic than uh, than things may be for you right now, and uh, I assume you're you're out of your home office uh, today. Well, dude, Britney Spears is a little less chaotic than things are for me right now. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm working out of my home office today, as is pretty much every MetaMen staffer, because um, well, the long and short of it is our building burnt down. Yeah, it's not there anymore. It's um, it's a big hole where our office used to be, a hole in the sky where our office used to be. Um, on Sunday, I guess, uh, Saturday night slash sun- er, very early Sunday morning, fire broke out in the uh, industrial complex where we had our, our, Cana- our Canadian head office. And, uh, yeah, um, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you seem to be of good uh, good humor about it now. I don't think maybe that was the case uh, a few days ago. Um, well, but we're, yeah, we're, my... we're really going to be getting into this on the show. That's what that's most of what our show is about today is um, that's true. Re- reputation management and disaster management. And you know, I'll tell you, on Sunday when I got the phone call Sunday morning, I was in foul humor. I was in a very bad mood. I was, um, you know, you, you see this disaster and all you just think the worst case scenarios. But then the MetaMen team, you know, got it together. We have some extraordinary technicians, some uh, some some really smart guys, um, and a very good teamwork uh, ethos. And I don't want to steal any fire from our guests, Maria Owen and David Howell, um, both both from MetaMen, um, who will be coming on in a few moments. But I, I do want to uh, get out here my. I already had a lot of respect for my coworkers, but that respect has doubled, tripled, quadrupled in the last couple of days that I've watched this team pull the pull the company literally out of the ashes and continue operating as of Monday morning, business as usual. Very cool. I love it. You know, it is. It's a great team over there. I had the opportunity to meet a number of them. Well, you're in Victoria, so uh, obviously I've met quite a few of them, and uh, yeah, I'm glad everything has worked out well. But we'll cover that later. There's there's some news that we wanted to. Uh, Wanted to launch in here with, and uh, and some kudos and some warm wishes going out as well to a few people. Um, well, maybe on a speaking of where would you like to begin? Speaking of businesses, sorry, sorry, Dave, didn't mean to cut you off. Where, here, bro. where would you like to start? Well, speaking of business as usual, let's talk about some unusual business. Um, Micro who? <laughs> this is getting. This is just getting kooky. Um, apparently, now I'm getting this off of. Um, from a Wall Street Journal story that appeared and disappeared just about as quickly. Now, this, this, this happened this morning, folks, and, and uh, Microsoft is the kind of organization that can pull this sort of trick. A story appeared, which has been deleted in the Wall Street Journal, and it was caught by Henry Bloggett, um, about 
Microsoft's board meets last night and decides to raise its bid from uh, the current 29.50, where we're approximate 29.50, where it's sitting based on their share price, to somewhere between 32 and 33 dollars. Again, the story appeared this morning in the Wall Street Journal and disappeared very quickly, um, as if uh, Microsoft was simply trying to elicit comment from Mr. Yang, from Jerry Yang, the uh, the owner of of uh, of, micro, of excuse me of Yahoo. Just getting in this <laughs> message, we're having a little bit of weirdness with some of our guests. Uh, try, try. I'm just messaging the studio. Try again. Um, okay, so Microsoft is going to raise its bid, according to the story. Um, the Yahoo, the Yahoo board uh, gave a collective yawn and said, "No, that's not enough. We'll see where that goes from there." Um, Reading a little bit deeper into this, I was reading in Marketing Pilgrim, um, Andy Andy Beal's vehicle, news vehicle, which incidentally I think is becoming one of the best news sources in search marketing. Um, if anybody isn't reading or subscribing to Marketing Pilgrim yet, I urge you to. It's um, Andy's put together a crack team there, and he's he's covering he's he's got a uh, interesting angle on many of the news stories that I think uh, are really beneficial for people in our industry to read. Anyway, he was at Microsoft yesterday, and uh, I think he's there again today. Uh, he's, he, he met Steve Ballmer yesterday and walked away with, uh, with very good impressions of the man himself, but not so good impressions about the man's future, um, suggesting that if this deal doesn't, actually doesn't go through, um, Ballmer's future may be in, 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 in doubt, at least vis-a-vis chairmanship of, or CEO of Microsoft. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, that was a bit of a mouthful. Yeah, well, and that's uh, that's huge news. Now, which uh, obviously we can we can discuss this one probably for for, for an entire show. Um, what's your what's your take? Like, does he does he actually deserve uh, for that to happen? I mean, uh, with with the revenue, I mean, as you as you note, um, with quarter after quarter some, some pretty decent returns. Um, should it all really rely on this? And, and if we look back and go. Well, gee, what they're really fighting for here is, is some search and advertising market. Gee, if, if Mr. Gates had recognized earlier that this was, you know, actually something that he should be pursuing, uh, you know, back six, seven years ago, they wouldn't even be in this mess right now. Um, is that really fair? Or is this you know, maybe something that he's more, uh, more putting on himself um, as a, if he can't make this thing go, then maybe he's not the best, the best leader? Um, well, let's... I think we've got to step back a second and, and realize that Microsoft is, is a massive corporation. I mean, Microsoft has, I think, they they're, they're, have approached or exceeded a 100,000-person staff headcount. They're, they're one of the largest and, mo- and obviously most profitable corporations in the world. So um, decisions that were made seven or eight years ago were, were made by a group of people, and perhaps signed off by Chairman Bill, but di- seriously made by a, a group of people, um, mm-hmm. of which Bomber w- was one. Um, they, Microsoft should have jumped into the internet years ago. In many ways, I think we should thank our lucky stars they didn't, because we now mm-hmm. have a, um, you know, we're at where we're at now, and you know, I think in many ways we're very happy with where we're at, um, at least yeah. from a search marketing perspective. Um, but in the last couple of years, Microsoft has stumbled frequently, and as, you're right, they're um, they're uh, 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 Seeing quarter after quarter after quarter of profitable of prof, of profit, they're doing quite well with that. But their uh, last couple of years, they've had a few major stumbles, major embarrassments. They uh, 
got involved in a bidding war for AOL that they lost to Google, um, to an advertising deal through there. It was, uh, I think it was either Facebook or MySpace they lost a bidding war on. I'd have to look that up, but they lost that deal. Um, Vista has been, what, three to four years of bad news for Microsoft, and they actually released the dog um, earlier this year, and or I'm sorry, late last year, and, well, it was embarrassing. Um, yeah. <laughs> and now we have the Yahoo deal where um, Mr. Bomber's, um, well, the way he's played it has put Microsoft in the position where they're going to be forced to make a much larger offer if they want to pursue this. Right. Or they're going to have to do a proxy fight. Either way, things get very ugly, and both companies end up being damaged. Um, now, do you think that this was, did they actually see this coming? Like, which it really leads to the question: when they came in at twenty nine fifty, wouldn't this like we all start? We're all bidding on something where where you know there's there's some flexibility. Don't you always come in at your lowest? Like, do, is this necessarily this increase? Does this reflect some bad move on his part? Or I mean, when they came in at twenty nine fifty, were they really honestly expecting? Uh, you know the the folks at Yahoo to jump on that. I mean, uh, if I was sitting at Yahoo, I'd go. You're starting is twenty nine fifty. Okay, we know we know you're going up from there. Um, you know, rattle the sabers. Um, you know, show show a little bit of strength. Negotiate a little something something with Google just to show that you're re- really serious about this and, and push for a, for a higher number. Um, I, I don't know that necessarily I would pin this on Balmer as a bad thing. I would just pin this as this is the way business is done. If I go into a, an open market. I'm not going to start out with a with a ten dollar bid um, if I actually really believe that that it's worth ten. I'm going to start with a seven dollar bid and and maybe settle at ten uh, for for you know what would be a twelve dollar item, right, or, or something like that. So I don't even know if I'd reflect this as as bad. Um, you know, I know Andy Beal had a uh, much more. Uh, he may have a, an inside scoop on exactly how Balmer's feeling right now and, and maybe a little more inside information in regards to, okay, what actually um, is going on there right now. Um, but from the outside view, this looks to me a lot like business uh, and exactly yeah. how, how it should have been played, exactly how it should be played. They had to predict Yahoo was going to do something. If they didn't, yeah, Balmer should be, should be fired. <laughs> if you didn't predict Yahoo was going to try and do some sort of counter there, um, then, yeah, I mean, that's just a, a, a huge, huge and, and pretty obvious oversight. Um, I, you know, uh, Yahoo's doing what could have been fairly predicted. I wouldn't have necessarily thought, gee, they're, they're going to try and tie some stuff in with Google here, but I'm not, wasn't overly surprised. I thought it found it a little interesting. Um, well, there's, there's yeah, those I mean, of there's, us watching the market that think that perhaps Microsoft should have been a bit more brutal immediately. Might have, should have come on very strong and given Yahoo very little working room. But you know what? This is how it's played out. We'll have to see how the how the game ends. Um, it's as it's um, as the saying goes: it's not over until the fat guy throws a chair. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Steve. Um, so we we got to move on. We have a couple of really cool guests coming up in a few minutes after a commercial break that we're going to be going to. But first, there's a couple shoutouts I want to give. Um, speaking of Yahoo, Jerry Yang uh, just just. Um, became a father for the second time. He gave birth to his second, or his wife gave birth to his second daughter. So congratulations, a small spot of light on that horizon. Um, and uh, it's a very special person in our industry's birthday today. Um, a huge hug and a shout-out to Dana Todd. She's celebrating, um, I might be dyslexic here much, she's celebrating her 34th birthday as far as we can tell. 
And um, <laughs> and big love to Dana. Happy birthday! <laughs> okay, moving right along. Remember that story we did last week on uh, Jason Gambert? We had Sarah Bird from SEOMAS on? Yeah. Well, um, Rega Drysdale has taken a... She was she Rhea was pretty pretty PO'd on the uh during the show last week. You could just see her like you could feel her seething. So she took it upon herself to write a, a excellent overview in Search Engine Journal on uh Jason Gambert, the new low in the SEO trademark saga. I'm putting it up in the uh putting the link up in the chat room right now. And um if anyone has an opportunity, check it out. Check out Rhea's uh Rhea's article. It's got 41 spins already, and I urge everybody to give it a spin. Um, Rhea is one of the coolest of the great meddling kids out there, and if you read the <laughs> article, you'll understand the comment. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I, I have not read through it yet, so uh, so I'm gonna. I'll have to visit the chat room. Um, you know, I'm in the video, anyways. Um, and if I can make a total, total incomplete segue here, but there's something that I want to touch on here uh, here with you as well. Uh, Business Week yesterday. Yes. Uh, made uh, made an interesting announcement that ties in how beautifully with our show. Uh, reputation management is an official industry. Um, as of yesterday. You, as of yesterday. Um, <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> like, that ties like in beautifully with our show. Clear, what are your uh, what are your do, do you feel that uh, I mean you you've had some some in the trenches uh, kind of work in in this area. Um, what do you think? Do you, do you feel that there's an actual, real for real, full time role here for for firms uh, to deal with reputation management? Without question, absolutely. There's a, there's a full time role for for professional reputation management services. Um, now, the, the funny thing about reputation management services, um, one of the things about the the SEO and the search marketing game is, for years and years and years, we've had a very uh, well, sort of a laissez-faire attitude to providing our services. We've known what we've had to do when it came to, to working with websites uh, technically and as, uh, you know, um, um, very articulate marketers. We've, we've known what we've had to do, and we've just gone and done it. When you're talking reputation management, though, you're dealing with the, um, the impression the outside world has of an individual or a corporation. You're dealing with that corporation's hard-fought um, reputation or hard-won reputation, and that's... Um, that calls for a level of professionalism that's above and beyond um, what many people in our industry um, at least demonstrate on the outside. And I'm, I'm not trying to put down anybody in our industry. Oh my goodness! Like uh, you know, I love you all deeply. Um, but uh, but um, uh, reputation management is a very very serious business. And actually, I can see a pretty interesting conversation happening in the Webmaster Radio chat room right now on rep management. Um, and uh, yeah, it's. I'm, I'm taking that that business very seriously these days, um, as you probably, well, as we alluded to earlier in uh, opening the show, we had a fire at MetaMend, and um, we're dealing with Reputation Management 301, so to speak, um, as a company. We have, uh, we have, um, uh, you know, when 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 your company gets sidelined for a, for a few moments by a disaster like a fire. You go into rep management in, in overgear. We have a couple of MetaMen's finest on the phone who've been dealing with this, um, with, with, with our own reputation management issue, um, stellar, in, in an extraordinary way. But before we do, we're going to have to cut to break. 
we've been going on and on and on and on and on about all these news stories. We didn't even get in the fact that Spin.com, uh, SpinCon opens in North Carolina tomorrow, and I wanted to mention that, so we have. But we've got to go to break. Um, this is Jim Hedger from MetaMen.com and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Dash Inc. You're listening to Webmaster Radio, to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're coming back with David Howell and Marie Owen from MetaMen talking about disaster and reputation management. Stay tuned to WebmasterRadio.fm, friends. Mayday. I repeat, Mayday. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Hello, uh, welcome to our website. Website traffic isn't about paying for clicks. Okay, so I guess we're going to wait until everyone shows up and then we'll... Uh, um... It's about having the right content. So while you're searching for more traffic, the folks at InfoSearch Media are creating the content people are searching for. With InfoSearch Media, you can get more traffic for less money than PPC. So the next time you need to speak to your customers... Welcome to our website. They're already searching for you. InfoSearch Media. Get content that really clicks. Welcome to Madame Natalia's. You've come to have your future told, no? Yeah, you see, I'm looking for the right life insurance affiliate program, and I have... Say no more? Huh? I see you working with AccuQuote. AccuQuote? Yes, AccuQuote. They are the nation's premier life insurance brokerage. Go on. AccuQuote will create custom creators for you to optimize your eCPM and... They will offer you the highest payout for this offer anywhere. So when's all this going to happen? As soon as you visit AccuQuote.com. For life insurance, visit AccuQuote.com. Need help improving your PPC campaigns? Tired of spending all your time swamped with spreadsheets and manual updates? Turn to Adapt SEM software to optimize your campaigns and to reach your goals. Adapt SEM is one of the most affordable and reliable tools on the market for improving PPC campaigns. Adapt SEM not only optimizes your bids, but also gives you keyword suggestions, competitive research, and helps to test ads all in one place at flat rate pricing and no long-term commitments. Learn how Adapt SEM can help manage your PPC campaigns better. Check out our free webinar at adapt.com slash webmaster radio. Sign up now for a free personal tour. Adapt.com slash webmaster radio. Business is changing and new marketing avenues are opening up every day. WebmasterRadio.fm wants to give you the market edge. Join host Larry Weber as he speaks to the innovators and trendsetters who are taking us to a new age of social media, e-communities, and the blogosphere. Market Edge with Larry Weber, Tuesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, and on demand after the show inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. WebmasterRadio.fm is now on Facebook, MySpace, and Twitter. Get out your spray paint and put your graffiti on our wall. Get all the details on the WebmasterRadio.fm homepage. Mayday. I repeat, Mayday. Just getting your feet wet on the... Commercial's off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from MetaMen.com and Dave Davies from Beanstalk-Inc. And in a few seconds, we are going to be joined by... 
we're, Dave and I are going to be joined by David Howell and Marie Owen from MetaMend.com. Um, as listeners should well know by now, we, uh, we over at MetaMend had a fairly disastrous fire on Sunday. And, uh, well, I think we'll just cut into our two, our two gentlemen guests. Mayday, mayday, guys. We had a problem. Um, Hi, Jay. Hi, Jim. Mary. Welcome to Webmaster Radio. Yeah, thank you for uh, having us on, Jim. Thanks, Jim. Well, How are you doing? I'm great. Um, actually, surprisingly good. I'd rather have had you guys on under different circumstances, but I figured, you know, we had a real reputation management issue at the company that, that the three of us work for, and um, we offer reputation management as one of our fine services. And I thought this was just a perfect segue, uh, a, a perfect, uh, well, this is how a company deals with reputation with, with a reputation management issue. Um, why don't we start off really quickly, Murray? If you could explain to the listeners what happened. Yeah, Jim. Um, well, uh, this weekend we uh, had a fire, and uh, it took out uh, most of the uh, building and uh, did significant damage to our facilities in terms of fire. Uh, from the water and uh, smoke, etc. So we had a problem when we uh, came into work Monday morning, and uh, the problem was really twofold. One was the obvious, which is uh, we got to get our infrastructure up and running. And uh, the beauty of technology these days is uh, we had done a certain amount of disaster preparedness in advance, so most of our emails, all our CRM, and critical systems were off-site. So uh, we were able to go virtual right away. But as you know, um, the big question remains, uh, what's going to happen to Metamin? So uh, we had to very quickly, uh, you know, step into um, uh, damage control and to let, our, first of all, our clients know that it's business as usual and that uh, some of the client data was lost. And uh, secondly, into the broader market, because, you know, we have competitors, and uh, I'm sure our competitors, uh, in some respect, uh, although that's not how they'd like to see us go out of business, but... Uh, you know, it's probably a little bit of a grin. So we had to manage the uh, the spin that might happen out there, and we did that through uh, some press releases, some blogs, et cetera, and uh, and then we uh, actively engaged in some monitoring as well too to see what was being said about us in, in terms of the fire. So those are the uh, the quick things that we had to do, Jim. Well, David, I'm trying to put myself trying to put myself in your shoes. You're the reputation management specialist at the company, and you're sitting there Sunday morning, minding your own business, drinking coffee, and you get the phone call. What were you thinking? <laughs> well, first, it wasn't even a phone call. It was a really nice email that, that generated quite a few phone calls. Um, and uh, the first thing you, you start thinking was, okay, what's, what can we best do for our customers? You know, how can we make sure our customers feel comfortable? And that was the first thing because, the, you know, the Internet being the beast that it is, something like this happens you know, for a company like ours, and then the first thing everybody do is start just talking out there, and then talking goes into rumors, and rumors goes into stories, so the first thing that we need to do is is take a step back, like what Murray said, um, take a look at our disaster recovery plan, put that in effect, and then start monitoring what's being said out there, what the news is going on out there, and then at that point, making sure that we're aggressively and proactively relying, relaying to our customers 
um, that everything's fine, their data's fine, everything's going to be business as usual, and uh, and that we're just going to maintain a high level of customer service for them as we deal with all this stuff on the back end. So that that was basically the the biggest uh, uh, thing that kind of went through all of our heads after the initial shock that our our office burned down. So. Well, Murray, the um, word comes through for you that the office burnt down. Um, and I'm, from where I was sitting, my first thought was um, client data, um, data retention, uh, version control of, of the last file any of us had worked on, et cetera. How were, how were you um, able to inform the clients that, at the end of it all, all their material was safe? Yeah, that's, uh, that's a really good question, uh, Jim. We... Um uh, we decided uh, very quickly. Uh, in fact, the decisions uh, that affected us on Monday were actually made about two years ago. Uh, we decided that uh, as a company we need to engage in best practices in a variety of ways, one of which is um, getting our data into secure repositories and data centers that, uh, uh, and then off-site, and that diversified the operation. Uh, on top of that, we have a pretty mobile, uh, both sales and uh, some people in operations as well, so we had to... Uh, create environment where um, our uh, operations at least uh, could exist outside the office. So uh, what happened on Monday morning was uh, we were very, uh, uh, you know, quickly able to turn on the the mobile aspect to the company <laughs> or the virtualness of the company, and then uh, and then secondly we had to uh, address the uh, customer concerns that uh, you know perhaps data was lost or data was compromised. And uh, you know, the good news story here is that uh, none of that existed with inside uh, the physical location of MetaMet. Now, if I can jump in here, we, we've talked a little bit um, on, obviously, getting ready for it, like the, the preventative measures that you can do with reputation management, moving your data um, off-site into, into secured facilities. Um, obviously, that's, that's critical here. If you hadn't done that, then there would have been nothing to manage after the fact. It all would have been lost. So... Uh, great there. Then there's the immediate spin um, and, and, and dealing with the problems with the clients, with the public um, that you had to deal with right out of the right out of the gate. Now proceeding forward, like here here we are, you know, almost a week forward. We'll be going through into next week. What is the next step? How do you make sure that um, you know the the public, the world, is aware if they're looking? Um, that the world is aware that, no, all of your clients were good, um, that the messages from the clients is positive. Um, how do you make sure that that spin is put on it at this stage once you've dealt with the, the initial crisis that had happened? Well, uh, actually, uh, David, you might be uh, the best person to answer that one. Yeah, a- absolutely. The, the, the deal is when you're talking about the situation that we went through and making sure the clients feel good, is is just monitoring what's being said out there, monitoring the blog sites, monitoring um, the the media, the social media that's out there, and finding out what's being said uh, uh, about the incident that we have had. And you know, this could be a great opportunity, you know, for for you know some facetious companies maybe out there or just individuals to try to undermine the reputation that we've tried to build, which is basically uh, you know reputation management 101, is to to find those. And then counteract that with positive media and true media um, uh, coming from from ourselves. 
so it, it's just like what what you know Business Week was talking about. You know, we we're talking about you know how you you identify what's being said out there in a negative way and try to counteract that with positive reputation management. So to answer your question is when when what we're going to do is we're going to monitor now moving forward what's being said about us, how it's being said about us, and then communicate the positive piece of that to our clients to be proactive there, and then um, aggressively market against the, the negativity that's out there. Now, you have this as a service, if I understand correctly, where MetaMend actually offers reputation management to their clients. Do you, have you encountered a, a scenario like this, or, or what, I assume that you don't have clients whose you know, buildings are, are burning down on a regular basis. Um, what what are some of the the common that you would deal with in a in a regular reputation management? Whatever there's there's some bad publicity about a client, and, and you know you need to do some damage control off it. Versus a scenario like this, where um, the bad publicity isn't particularly about uh, MetaMen themselves. MetaMen is having to deal with a crisis, uh, and, and you're just needing to sort of placate uh, the public and, and let them understand that no, in fact, we have done everything that we could. Business is going to resume, no problem, nothing's lost. Um, what, what are some of the differences, and, and how did you have to approach this scenario different, and, and what would you have to do in, in some of the more common scenarios? Okay, well, to, to hold up the integrity of our clients, I'm, I'm going to be very general here, um, and I'm not speak to any specific one, but uh, a couple uh, generic examples would be, you know, a, a company getting ready to launch a new product. Um, and this this happens quite quite often where they want they want to actually monitor the the product they're releasing out there. And then what happens is maybe somebody found a way to either hack that new product or uh, the new product wasn't up to par or those kind of things. And we can from a from a really proactive stance monitor that and see what they're saying on the blog sites, the forum sites, the review sites. And at that point, we get that right back to the client. The client reviews that, either either says it's, it's not true about the product by their own research, or then they try to fix the problem that may be with the product and then heavily market that aspect as well. So you can actually save millions of dollars with a product by being proactive to, to find out what's being said or being done to the product out there and then coming back and, and, and shutting that down. Another scenario would be I worked with a company that, that was very heavy in, in, in the rubber industry, okay? And all the different pieces and parts of cars are made by this company. Well, they wanted to very proactively monitor to see if certain fan belts were breaking or windshield wipers blades were breaking and those kind of things. And then they can monitor that and say, well, we're starting to see quite a bit of chatter out there about this certain, you know, Ford Escort that may be having a belt problem that we supplied to. Let's not only fix it and recall it, and, but then let's do some really good marketing against that to build the reputation that we're taking care of the problem. We've identified the problem. And that can really just save, I, I mean, it can save millions. Um, the instance being um, a few years back, Firestone had had all those SUVs crashing because of blown tires. If they would have monitored that, they could have put a, a, a scenario in place to protect the reputation as well as the product um, itself and save lives. Um, so that's kind of a, a couple good examples over and above what we're trying to do just to make our customers feel you know, uh, comfortable with the situation that we went through personally. Yeah, and, and if I could jump in here with a, a quick comment about um, the way, we, way we've done this. Um, Dave, you used the word spin earlier on uh, on how we're trying to spin our message. And the truth is, I don't I don't feel that we had to spin anything. Um, honestly, we just told the truth. We had a we had a problem, a fairly significant problem. 
but this is, but our company is up and running. Our staff server is up and running. We have access to all the client data that we had Friday afternoon before the fire. We're just doing it from you know our home offices until such time as we uh, as we we get a new well headquarters together. But uh, I, I, I'm, you guys, uh, David and Murray, might agree or disagree with me, but I don't I don't think we spun, we span the story in any way whatsoever. I think we just basically put the truth out there and and let it fall where it may. Yeah, I, I agree, we, uh, Jim. I, I think uh, that uh, um, we, you know, we, did we at this point, I mean, there's always the going to be some problems with and, some uh, things that we've done, but it's know, almost like a textbook of disaster recovery. <laughs> <laughs> you know, within a day, we were able to get everything back up and running, communicate to our clients, you know, keep business as usual as much as we can with our office gone. And um, you're right, we didn't have to spend anything. It's, it's exactly as it should be, and uh, we're, we're stating the facts. On, on how we, we basically set up our disaster recovery. You, you know, and, and a valid point, and Jim, I, I, I glad, I'm very glad you brought it up. I think it's, and, and you'll probably sympathize with the, my background in, in more political nature. <laughs> the, the, the oh, certainly. I, I love that word. that word, spin. I mean, I use it myself. But in this case, I don't think we did. Not so much. Um, now, uh, another question, something I, I always like to, to make sure that we cover as well. Obviously, and, and Business Week would totally agree, um, this is a realm for professionals, and I'm sure you know many of us would agree as well. SEO is the realm of professionals. This is an, an actual legitimate profession um, that requires a, an, an immense amount of, of information and knowledge. Um, however, there are people who just don't have these budgets to deal with, um, you know, actual professionals in their industry. Not that we'll submit you to eighteen, you know, thousand sites for nineteen ninety five a month. Um, how does um, your your average person obviously can't do it to the same scope or same you know probably skill um, that a professional reputation management firm would. Um, but just somebody say who owns a a small bed and breakfast you know single place. What would you recommend to them that they can do themselves um, to deal with sort of the the light levels of of reputation management? Make sure that if there's some bad reviews about their bed and breakfast or whatever they may have. Um, just make sure that there's nothing horrible out there, no horrible reviews. And, and what approach do you take, um, if there is a generic one, in, in helping to deal with these things for clients? Well, the, the, to, on, on the very high level, you know, here at Metamin, we've got a lot of intellectual property tools that we actually use that, that we have ourselves to actually go out and, and find this to be really aggressive on the Internet. Um, so that would be the very higher end. But to, to answer your question about the lower end, um, you know, for someone that wants to, to get into the reputation management and start monitoring that, um, we have different levels at MetaMend of, of service offerings that we can do. So we have just about any, any, any level to fit any budget. However, if they're at this point where they don't want to engage with a customer, but they just want to start trying to monitor it themselves, the best thing to do is just think of it as, an, as themselves being an end user. And, and looking at the internet, um, what if they're a bed and breakfast, um, and, and they were traveling somewhere, where would they go to do look at a review for bed and breakfasts? Um, where where are the form sites that are out there? So it's basically just a lot of time behind your computer doing research on the you know on the the top three internet search engines out there, and, and just monitor what's being said. Once you find a few, you know whether it's positive or negative, then you start scouring the internet further, deeper behind those. And you start finding more. And the more you do this, the more you're going to understand where this is coming from, where people go and, and they talk about things. You know, if it's a bed and breakfast, maybe it's hotels.com, and then where they're pulling their data from. And you can really just start digging deeper 
and finding more and more of this that's out there. Now, uh, again, you know, I've been doing this for almost eight years now, so there's a lot of, lot of you know, uh, kind of experience that goes around to know a lot of this stuff. But I think from an end user, just a mom-pop shop that wants to get on, online and start doing this, they just, just, just Google search it, you know, just Yahoo search it, and go in there and start looking and, and search their names and search their competitors and find, you know, if they find a competitor that's got some negative, they're, they're, any negative on them might be in the same place. So there's different things that they can do. No, I've only, well, I know we're, we're super fast running out of time, so I, I only have time for, for one quick question. Um, but, but one I, I'd really like to cover, obviously you can't please all the people all the time. There's going to be large companies with, um, you know, one rogue employee who gets canned for, you know, probably, you know, perhaps legitimate reasons, but just goes and just blasts um, this company out there. In some cases, uh, like you, you've speak, spoken towards and, and good work towards the more ethical, no, you need to react and, and deal with these sort of things. Is there a time when, no, what you really need to do is just bury this thing? Make sure that when somebody enters this company's name into the search engine, you've just so plugged up that, that top 20 with other news or, or help to, to you know, get other press releases and stuff out there, really just to, to try and push this thing off uh, out of the radar. Um, is that a, a tactic that, that would be fair enough in certain circumstances to employ? Uh, you know, I, I would say yes. It would be, you know, obviously a case-by-case scenario there, but, you know, there, there's going to be times where they could be leaking out some of the information of the company that that uh, company doesn't want out there. I mean, just like what you said. So, you know, so you aggressively bury it out there. And that that that's tedious work. I mean, that will take a lot of work to bury something like that, but uh, it's happened. And uh, um, it, it's happened to a point where not only does that is disgruntled employee, you know, saying negative stuff about the company, but maybe he's leaking some information out. Um, well, sometimes it might be easier to bury that leaked information than to try to shut that down. As you know, the Internet, is, you know, it's freedom of speech. So um, I would say that I wouldn't use the word tactic as much as a possible solution to a problem. Okay, um, we have another problem here on webmasterradio.fm, and that is a problem of time, and there's no solution to that. Time marches on, whether we like it or not, and we have to go to break. Friends, we're coming back with a short 15-minute interview with David Howell on the basics of reputation management. Um, But before then, I'd like to thank David Howell and um, Murray Owen for appearing live on the show and talking about the disaster that befell MetaMen and MetaMen's rapid and extraordinary recovery from it. Um, guys, thank you for being on Webcology on Webmaster Radio. Um, friends, this is Jim Hedger from MetaMen.com and Dave Davey from Beanstalk Dash Inc. You're listening to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. We'll be back in just a few short minutes, but we've got to take this break first. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Don't be fooled by your web analytics. If you think your web analytics are giving you all the information needed to manage your paid search accounts, you'd be shocked to see what they're not telling you. How are you tracking sales received over the phone that resulted from your PPC ads? Now, you can track call-in sales by campaign, search engine, and keyword with engine-ready call analytics. Optimize top spending keywords with more accurate tracking and achieve higher PPC profitability. Get started now tracking your PPC call and sales with Engine Ready Call Analytics. Visit EngineReady.com to see how easy and inexpensive accurate call and tracking can be. EngineReady.com. Susan, you're still responsible for digital marketing programs, right? Right. So your team is responsible for email marketing, web analytics, PPC campaign optimization, and scheduling? Your point? Why are you so relaxed? 
My team deals with five different solutions, tech support teams, and just as many invoices, and it's making us mental. What is it? Aromatherapy? Acupuncture? Why are you so relaxed? You just have to simplify your tool set and unify your team. Lyris provides totally integrated email marketing, web analytics, PPC campaign management, and calendaring functionality. It's all in one spot that provides a holistic view of all your team's efforts. And you get all of this functionality for $299 a month. So with Lyris, one company can do it all. I feel like I can cancel that acupuncture appointment already. To see how Lyris can simplify your life, visit Lyris.com or call 1-888-GO-LYRIS. Simplify, unify, and increase ROI with Lyris today. Okay, so you're telling me that if I put the Go Currency Converter on my site, all my international customers can see how much they're paying in their own currency? Yeah. GoCurrency.com has free currency converters, language translations, international clocks, everything you need to do international business. So how does it work? Conversion elves. Conversion elves? Yeah, watch. Want to know what this will cost in euros? Check this out. Listen up, elves. We got one. $34 US. I need that in euros. Now, people. We got it. Put it up there, elves. Wow. Currency elves. Who knew? GoCurrency.com. Free currency converters, language translations, and more. GoCurrency.com. This is Rainmaker. Jack LaLanne, a lot of people that are listening to the show right now, they're sitting in front of their computers for hours and hours every day. You know what they ought to do about every hour or so? They should just stand up and sit down in their chair. You're sitting down now, right? Absolutely. Stand up. Okay. Now sit down. (laughs) Stand up. Sit down. Keep going. I do it fast. Sit down. Sit down. Get your backside in the chair. Let me tell you, I'm already huffing and puffing. (laughs) Okay. Rainmaker. Live broadcast Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Or on demand anytime inside the Entertainment Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Find the WebmasterRadio.fm Web 2.0 watering hole and have a drink on us. WebmasterRadio.fm is now on Facebook, MySpace, and Twitter. Find us now on the WebmasterRadio.fm homepage. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Deeds. This is Jim Hedger from MetaMen.com, and um, I'm actually on the line with another MetaMender, David Howell, who's uh, working out of working out of Boise, Idaho, um, starting a, a new service MetaMen has offering, um, reputation management. David, welcome to Webcology. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, why don't you tell us? Well, first off, why don't you define for our listeners what is reputation management and why is it important for? Uh, for, for people who have websites, businesses, or for large corporations? Well, the, the, the key features of having reputation management or to focus on the reputation management is the fact that a lot of companies spend a lot of time, a lot of effort in building up their own positive reputation. And uh, what happens out there is, you, you know, with the Internet being the way it is today and the bloggers that are out there, it's very easy for one upset customer or maybe even two upset customers to kind of put up blogs out there about your your products maybe or maybe they're upset with uh, um, uh, an advertisement they saw or you just never know what happens out there 
when you get disgruntled uh, customers. And as you know, one disgruntled customer can actually take away 100 good customers that you have just by the voice that they have. So being proactive and monitoring that and just seeing what's out there and uh, kind of put a, put a kibosh on that um, is, is very important in today's uh, Internet world. Reputation management is a, well, it seems to be a very hot ticket item in the search marketing community right now. And I'm curious, why now? Why not five years ago? Well, five years ago, we had base, just the basic of, of brand protection, right? Which, which when, when I started in the industry years ago, there was just brand protection. And what was brand protection, right? It's taken the, a name like Coca-Cola and, and who's saying bad things about Coke or, or who's piggybacking off of uh, the big name of Coke. Well, as marketing became more and there's more competitiveness on the Internet today, um, what, what you're finding is is just a huge SEO push. And everybody pushing their ideas, their products, their, their, their blogs, everything out there. And now it's jumped past brand protection into the whole realm of reputation management and encompassing everything that's out there. And not just monitoring for the brand specific of something, but what's being said about the brand and how it's being promoted. So someone might be out there promoting their, their blog or their, their website based on a product or services that another company has built up. So then that could negatively affect their reputation. Well, can you give, me, can you give us some real-world examples of where uh, reputation management or, or brand protection um, has actually gotten a, gotten a company or a corporation out of hot water? Well, there, there's, there's been a couple. Let me, let me first dive into a couple of the main key features of re, what reputation management is. And here at Metamin, what we're trying to focus on. So we, we, we basically set nine pieces of the whole reputation management um, bundle, which would be the online brand protection and monitoring. And that's going over the websites and then looking at the pages, the coding of the websites, and then the logos that are on the website. And then corporate compliance. And I'll touch a little bit on each of these really quickly. Then you talk about counterfeit and gray market sales. Um, auction monitoring, eBay, classified ads like Craigslist, seeing who's selling counterfeit goods or goods at below retail value. That could be uh, uh, when you talk about theft and, and pro- loss of items. Domain name management, just managing your domains out there and seeing if your brands are actually registered in the domain names in the countries you're doing business in. Paid placement advertising, uh, PPC, pay-per-click fraud, gift card offerings that are not um, uh, authentic. Uh, then you got fraud and anti-phishing, and we've all seen that, right, where you log on to your email and you, you know, chase Manhattan and you're not even a customer of theirs, and it's telling you to log into their website. Then there's the blog and RSS and message boards we talked about, and then just SEO and, and placement and phrases that are being used out there to promote someone's website. So when you talk about a real world, um, uh, kind of what, what has happened to some companies that are out there, well, a, a couple of them, when you talk about these nine things that I've, I've mentioned, um, when you look at, at auction monitoring and eBay, um, uh, Starbucks, which everybody knows and a lot of people love and a lot of people don't, but Starbucks has a, has a standing policy that no employee within Starbucks can sell any Starbucks products on, on eBay. Well, what, what happens is you get an a, a employee that gets their free pound of coffee every week, and then they're selling that on, on, on eBay for a much discounted uh, uh, value, which that in turn hurts Starbucks. That's just one piece of it. The other piece is actually some of their secret formulas, you know, their syrups that they have for, you know, a, a chai latte maybe, those kind of things. So that gets out on, on the market. So that'd be like, you know, the auction monitoring and just trying to stay compliant. Um, you, when you, when you talk about... Uh, you're, you're, just to, to clarify this example, you have employees uh, taking stuff out of the supply room or maybe getting, getting a gift from the companies and then turning and selling them on eBay. 
Exactly. Exactly. Amazing. And and that got that got really big uh, um, a while back when uh, um, you know at Starbucks our customer service is very well. Where if you're if you're have to wait an extra minute or so for your drink, they give you a free drink coupons. Well, what was happening is you log on to eBay and you got one guy selling fifteen or twenty five free drink coupons. Well, those in turn usually end up to be employees that are taking it or an employee that got fired that just took a lot of them on his last day. And we're speculating on some of those things. But you look at that, and that that is not what Starbucks wants out there. So as their reputation and their brand, they're monitoring for that so that doesn't happen. And so they can find and track it back, not only to protect their, their reputation, if you will, and their, their name that's being sold on eBay, if you will, but then they can go back and they can find out where was, uh, where's that auction coming from, maybe the Boise, Idaho market, what employees uh, were just recently let go, and then they can backtrack and find that out. And from a loss prevention standpoint, that's also protecting their, their, uh, their bottom line, which is what every piece of reputation management is, is the profitability of a company. Now, you've been in the business of brand protection and reputation management for almost a decade. Is that correct? Correct. What, um, how, how, how big is the problem up there? Um, is there? Is there seriously awful things being said about individuals or corporations that just are just flying under the radar screen? It, it's, it's amazing, Jim, that, that um, how the Internet has evolved since I've been in the, in the industry. When I first got into the industry and you talked about brand protection, it was just domain names. It was just domain names that some cyber squatter would squat on a domain name and then you would have, you know, jimhedger.co.uk, and you would be trying to piggyback off of your name over in the U.K. That was the, the basic starting point of protecting your brand. Well, once companies started getting a handle on that, and that's the whole problem with, with what's going on on the Internet. Once a corporation gets a handle on one thing, they find another way to go about it. And once they started doing the domain names, it went into the, the websites. And I remember finding websites out there for my clients where you would have, um, let's say, Pepsi, okay, for an example, would have Coke 10,000 times in their, in their web page in white on a white background. Because that's how maybe the search engines back then would actually find, oh, well, if Coke's 50,000 times on this page, it's got to be, you know, a real site and pulled higher. And then what would happen is Pepsi would gain off of that um, Coke uh, reputation, if you will. So then you, it went over to the web pages. Then it started going into the coding, and then and then it's really started breaking into everything that's out there. And I remember when message boards back in the day were were you know the raging bulls that were out there were just amazing, putting corporate uh, secrets out there and and trying to identify. Um, a good example we had was was Apple a long time ago. Um, one of their employees leaked some of their new coding for their new Mac OS software. On a, on a message board, and uh, that actually held the release of the product by, back by a few months. Um, and that could cost Apple. You know, bear with me, a, had to cost bear Apple with me a little bit dollars. on that. What's that? That had to cost Apple millions of dollars. Yeah, I don't know the exact you know extent of the damage of there. Uh, I heard that through the industry. I wasn't part of that, but uh, it, it just it, it really almost jump started. You know that and a couple others jump started the real need for brand protection, seeing what's out there, and just making every Fortune 500 back in the day or Fortune 5000 even come up and go. We've got to do something. And and again, like you were talking about real world things, there's companies out there that that 
may not have a problem on the, the, the protecting their brand. They may use this, the reputation management to see what's being said good about the product. Okay, so you got to look at this from the good side too, where there's companies out there that, that have very good products and they're like, what are people saying about them? You know, and then they can take a look at what's really good about the product and then maybe enhancing that aspect of it as opposed to just the negative of it. So it really does, when a company thinks about reputation management, you take the good and the bad and you try to come up with a total solution to, to best protect and uh, market your company. Well, a company decides that they need reputation management or brand protection, and they come to you um, uh, through MetaMed. What, what, what's your process? Um, the first process we do is is just basically, I mean, the very first question is, say, have you done anything before? So are we taking the first step from uh, a reactive standpoint, or are we going to try to move to a proactive standpoint? So, and, and there's a lot of details that go into that, but the most important thing is, have you done anything in the past? Do you have any legal counsel you're working with? If you work with another brand protection or reputation management company, if the answer is yes, you see what they've done, and then what we try to do is we augment what's done and then try to really take it to the next level and move everything to a very aggressive, proactive stance to protect out there. Now, being proactive, that's a kind of an arbitrary term out there because you always are being reactive to what's going on because it needs to be published on the web before we can do something. But you still can be proactive in monitoring that, and the minute something happens, you can jump on it, as opposed to the damage has already been done over six months. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So you uh, you jump on it, you start monitoring the brands, monitoring the uh, the chatter that's happening online about a company. Then what? And and then then we we start basically giving detailed reports on what's going on out there. We're tackling, so when we find some infringements or we find something that's out there, we take the appropriate action. Now, when I say we, we work in conjunction with the company itself because MetaMen, as you know, is not a law firm, and we're not going to take any legal action on behalf of the client, but that we can empower the client with the right tools and the right investigative reports to basically take those actions. Now, once we start taking the actions and we shut down the, the, the things that we don't like and, and we monitor that, that's great for the brand protection and the actual infringement piece of it. Now, when we start talking about the bloggers and things out there, you really can't shut down that. Everybody's got freedom of speech, and they can speak about a product they want. But what, the, but what we can do is alert a company to maybe a certain product or something that's out there, and then they can start up a marketing campaign, or they can start doing some things to make some people happy or readjust a product, um, and then basically move forward with that to to strengthen the, the reputation of that specific product or that brand that may have been uh, um, brought down a little bit by the blogs that are out there. You know, it's often said that a complaining customer is your best customer because they're the ones who are actually giving you an honest opinion on, on your product or service. Do you think that uh, brand management or reputation management can, um, well, can, can, can help the larger companies listen to their consumers and actually hear uh, consumer complaints? Absolutely, Jim. That's a great statement because there's. I work with a company um, out of Denver, Colorado called Gates Gates Rubber, basically, and nobody really knows who they are. They're not a big household brand name, but almost every automobile that's made um, has the the wiper blades or the hoses or the belts are all basically um, from that that company. Well, what they wanted to do is they wanted to monitor just the message boards and the blogs and all those kind of things to see if what what. You know, if there's been a trend of belts breaking or trend of hoses breaking or just something of that, just 
arbitrary nature that we wouldn't think of doing. They thought it to do that. We helped them do that, and then they were able to find a complaining customer, right, or somebody who's dissatisfied or seeing a trend out there, and then basically fix it right away. So you're right. Taking, you know, you, you, you can't protect everything all the time, but you can take a look and see what the problem might be and then try to fix it very proactively as opposed to just let it go under and the next thing you know you have tens of thousands of these and then then it becomes a real detriment to the company. So um, we're running out of time for this segment. I know you have a a number of meetings that you have to get to in a few minutes. Um, Is there any concluding statements you want to make on reputation management, on the need for reputation management, and on um, how quickly a a company should get on, on board with this? Well, um, there's two pieces to that. I, I mean, the, the latter part of your statement is, is absolutely every company should be doing something right now. Um, because if, if they've got a product or service that people are using, there's going to be somebody that's going to try to piggyback off of that um, brand or product and service that they've built. So there should all you should always do something, even to start out with just brand 101 and start at the very basics of that, um, very inexpensively. Um, and, and then... The, the statement of, of just why are we doing this or where we go from here, I mean, the, the reputation of a company is one of the most important things that anybody can do. So when you talk of spending a couple thousand dollars or $10,000 or whatever program you get into for, for the management of that reputation, that number is so minute to think about what a company like Starbucks or Coke or whatever, what they built into that to build that reputation where it is today. So when you, when you look at this and you think about these kind of things, what is your brand worth to you? you know, what is just Metamin worth to me? You know? And when you start looking at that and you think about, well, Metamin spent 10 years building to what we are today. Is it worth to protect that at some level? I mean, my answer is yes. And I like to think that everybody else should, should do the same thing, at least raise an eyebrow and start thinking about putting some policies and procedures in place to maybe protect that. So if people wanted to get, if a company wanted to get involved or a CEO felt it was important to uh, get the process going, how do they get in contact with you? Um, basically, go to metamin.com. Um, they, can get a, they can basically email me right from there. I can give my email address if you'd like. It's dhowell at metamin.com. And uh, I'm, I'm free to answer any questions or, you know, help anybody or give them uh, uh, maybe a jump start uh, to, to, you know, just help them get something in place. Um, so I'm definitely open to that. And, uh, again, metamin.com, great place to go and, and learn about uh, reputation management, uh, SEO solutions, and just about anything you need online. And, again, uh, my email address is dhowell, H-O-W-E-L-L, at metamin.com. And uh, I'm here to help. I'd love to help anybody. Well, David, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, be on Webcology today and to uh, explain a little bit about reputation management. I hope to have you on the show again sometime, and I look forward to talking to you in the future. Okay, that was uh, the MetaMen Disaster Recovery and Reputation Management Show, I guess. Um, friends, you've been listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from metamen.com, the Phoenix Rising, and Dave, on behalf of Dave Davies from beanstalk-inc.com, thanks for listening. Stay tuned to webmasterradio.fm. we got more great content coming up. And before going, we just wanted to thank Brasco over there in the booth and Jody Vining, um, our producers and engineers. You guys are amazing. Friends, stay tuned to webmasterradio.fm. There's great content coming up.